Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood REI, and welcome our guest, strong and powerful Stephanie Walter. Welcome, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you on. Stephanie is the CEO of Airbay Wealth. They're a capital raiser, a syndicator, and real estate investor. Again, excited to have you on. Stephanie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, I... um. I have been an entrepreneur uh, probably since 2005. Uh, I started to be an insurance agent, uh, but I always loved real estate. I just didn't really have any education. Um, So I just would go out and buy um, properties that were cash flowing at that time, single family homes. And then over time, like 15 years, I got really burnt out of being a landlord because it seemed like the way that I learned my lessons of what not to do was, you know, doing what you weren't supposed to do. So (laughs) I learned a lot of hard, hard lessons, Um, but also just got kind of tired of of dealing with, you know, the, the calls really early in the morning and, you know, the late, the excuses for the late rents and all that good stuff. And I loved real estate. I just was thinking there might be a better way to do it. And that's when I learned about multifamily investing and specifically syndication and that uh, really a team of people buy property, uh, including investors. And uh, it's just a way for, a group of people to buy more than anyone could on their own. And I just liked that idea. And uh, I did one of those by myself and realized that was not um, the ideal way of, of performing these, these deals. And I've found a couple good partners uh, that were good at, you know, finding deals and operating deals. And my strength was really raising money. And so that is what I've been doing, and we're currently on our sixth deal right now, and um, I just love raising money. I I really, really love working with the investors. Now, some of them are, you know, moderately wealthy, and, and some of them are very wealthy, but I tell people that I've learned probably more from them than they have from me. Um, just because uh, they look at money in a completely different way than I did prior to working with them. And um, I was able, I have implemented a lot of what the more successful people do. And I was able to sell my insurance agency July 1st of this year and um, can, I guess, technically retire, but I, I enjoy raising money. So uh, I'll I continue to do that. Well, congratulations on selling the agency. Like that, that's 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 awesome. And finding, uh, for lack of a better term, a, a, a niche or something that you really like doing. Uh, I think that that is awesome. So talking about uh, being able to learn from really successful people, and that certainly that's something that 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 everybody I hope has the opportunity to do but you said you're able to learn and then apply some of these lessons what are some of those lessons 
Well, I think the well the largest one that I learned and it it took a a little bit of time because it wasn't completely apparent. Um, so it took a little a little time to actually understand why they were doing a lot better than I was or a lot of people I know. But I, I found it curious uh, when I would look through their financial statements that um, the majority of them um, do not have 401ks. And that was kind of a, a weird, you know, I, I couldn't quite figure it out. And then once I started seeing it again and again, just um, kind of looked at the way that they observe their money, which is they use their money at all times. They don't let their money sit, uh, if that makes sense. So whether it's sitting and they don't have access to it over a long period of time, they want their money to be working for them at, you know, the best way that it can be. And sometimes they find actually ways in which their dollars can work in two different places at the same time. And so um, I think I applied it to myself in the sense that I had a lot of single family rental properties that were just sitting with a lot of equity. And when you went back to work out, well, how much is this equity actually earning for me? Um, you know, I was quite disappointed with the answer. So uh, at that time, I just started a few years ago selling um, all of my rental properties and investing in the syndications I was putting together because the returns, you know, were ex they were they were a lot higher than than what I was getting currently. Nice. I appreciate that. It, it must have been interesting. You're going through the financials and you're thinking, well, where's the IRA? Where's the 401k? But you just weren't able yeah. to locate them because they, they weren't there. Is it a function of, you sort of mentioned that wanting, I think we'd all like a greater return on our money, but it's more a function of maybe put putting the money to work in a more optimized environment? I, I believe that. I also believe that um, the way that they look at cash flow is different than the way that we do. I think that when people invest in the 401ks, they see that, uh, okay, you know, it's a future. It's something they're going to get in the future. And there's two big problems is there's no cash um, flow that's coming in every month from that investment. But probably the larger one is the tax ramifications. No one knows what those tax ramifications are going to be in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And wealthy people just do not, would not accept that. They are, you know, as equally concerned with how their money is performing as to how they can mitigate their taxes or plan for them. And so I think those were you know, and that and the lack of access, but certainly it's the cash flow that is they want to see on almost every inv investment that they have. Got it. That certainly makes sense. So that there's not any cash flow coming from a 401k as I'm contributing to your point. It is they're putting this money away for their future. Um, there's mm -hmm. a lack of access to it. Certainly you're not supposed to touch the money. And then 
And then if you have a traditional 401k, all the money that comes out of it when you use it at retirement age is going to be taxable. And we have no idea what that tax rate is going to be. So it's sort of like a ticking time bomb mm-hmm. in, in, in a lot of ways. So, Yes. So real estate syndication. Um, I'm, I'm like you, Stephanie. I like to make my own mistakes and then learn from them. But uh, <laughs> as I get older, I, I, <laughs> I, I, try, to, I, I try to avoid that. So... Uh, I think that that I think we sort of conceptually understand. Okay, instead of me buying a single family house to have as a rental property, which could be great, but to your point, there's a lot of headaches that go along with it, and difficult to sort of scale that up. Instead, why don't I figure out how to buy a multifamily apartment building or whatever that might be? Um, and so there's there's the raising the money piece of it, which you're really good at, and then there's the actual deal selection and the operation of it. Um, Mm -hmm. walk me through sort of, uh, kind of take me a little deeper into, um, how, how other people can participate and what the benefits are. What does that look like if I am actually doing it? Yeah. Well, uh, there, there are a lot of benefits in, in doing it. Obviously that I, um, on my website, I have a report up there now that um, lists the five reasons why this kind of investing might be for you. But um, what is great about this is you get to, well, you pick a team of people to work with, you know, a team hopefully that has a really proven track record. um, And they're the people that find the deal. They're uh, the people that uh, raise the money for the deal. And if you become an investor, you would be someone who contributes to the deal. And then then you have an operations person. And in my experience of, you know, watching people do things the right way and the wrong way um, is that there's a lack of emphasis on the operations part, which is the most important part when you think about it, because if it's great to find the deal and to fund the deal, but if it doesn't perform, you're never going to get another, you know, opportunity with the investors that you're working with. So um, that's why we put that as, you know, kind of the highest level for us in our company. And um, I guess people are like, well, how does it work? So you would, depending on the investment type, there's a minimum to invest. Um, when you invest in the property, you become an owner of the LLC. And to go a little bit deeper, our investors are always considered A shares. So they're preferred shares. All that means is that they are paid before any of the management team is um, really the most ideal way to set it up for investors to be involved. And then once the property stabilized, kind of depending on what kind of property we've purchased, it's usually stabilized within the first three to six months at the longest. And then after that, the cash flow comes in and that's a EFT or a check every month that that comes to you and you have no uh, responsibilities into the property. We report back on a monthly basis on how the investment is doing, but as far as being bothered in the middle of the night or any issues, you are not involved in in any of that. 
Um, and so the investments that we've done, this is our sixth one now, people are like, well, what should you expect? Well, there can be about, <laughs> there can be so many, so many different syndications, but for us, we strive to get a 20% annualized return. And that that's what we strive to get our investors. Now, the way that it works is the cash flow is paid on a monthly basis while we own the property, which is usually three to five years. And then uh, the remaining balance of the annualized return is paid once we either refinance it or we sell it. And that's that's the basic idea behind it. Got it. Okay. So I appreciate you laying that out. So there's an opportunity. I, I uh, make my contribution, uh, whatever the minimum is or the maximum, and I become a shareholder in an entity? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of irrelevant what, what kind it is. But So I become a shareholder and it's important to make a good decision about who I'm working with because I want the operation to be profitable. And there's probably a million different ways to screw that up and to therefore yes. break or, or diminish that, that annual return that we're looking for. Is that, is that accurate? There's probably an infinite number that, of ways. Yes, there are. And that's why um, I think another thing I really learned from the wealthy that was interesting to me is besides not investing as like we're taught traditionally, they invest a lot in, you know, these real estate syndications or they invest in businesses, but their philosophy really is to um, do their due diligence, you know, obviously as much as they can do on the property, but more importantly, they want to find a team of people that they believe in um, that they, you know, do their background checks and they do all the, uh, you know, to see that they can and believe that they can do what they say they're going to do. And uh, that that's the difference is with the wealthy people, they tend to invest in people and ideas and businesses, whereas the average person puts their money into, you know, the 401k where there could be, you know, thousands of different companies, different mutual funds, um, not really understanding how any of those businesses work or, you know, the management teams behind any of them. Yeah, that's so an it's interesting. a different way yeah. of looking at things. Yeah, it's very interesting that we, I think, probably very rarely think about what you just said right there is that inside of my S&P 500 index fund, there are 500 different companies with 500 different management teams. <laughs> Um, and it mm-hmm. would be literally impossible to have as deep an understanding as you would with um, putting together a syndication um, like, like like this. So, mm-hmm. if I can go through an example, and I I, I always shudder to, to to think about doing math on on a podcast, but just real quick, tell me tell me <laughs> if, if if tell me if I'm close. Um, so if if it's a goal, and I appreciate that that. 20%. It's 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 a nice round number. Hopefully it's 100%, but let's assume that it's it's your goal to produce a 20% return on an annual basis. Um correct. And let's assume that it is a a 5-year window that I'm going to be investing with you and let's assume that I'm putting $100,000 into the deal. 
so theoretically speaking, um, what would be the five-year return if it's 20%? Would it be $100,000 that I would expect to, to, yes. to, to get out of the deal? Yes, you get a hundred thousand dollars. You get your, you know, return of your equity as well as a hundred thousand dollars. Got it. Um, so double your money in five years, essentially, and that doesn't really even address the tax benefits of of this type of investment, which are, you know, uh, there's a lot of of tax invest or tax. Um, benefits that you get every year for investing in a syndication because unlike you know a lot of people are like their financial planner says well just invest in a REIT well the problem with that is the REIT is kind of like it can be kind of like a mutual fund where there's a lot of different pieces of property or maybe there is just one piece of property in that particular REIT but by buying it that way it becomes a stock and so all of the benefits of owning actual real estate go out the window. Got it. Yeah. I like it. It's uh, We're just obviously scratching the surface, but I think that that makes sense. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, the people are... a lot... Of, oh, I'm... Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was saying a lot of people were talking a lot about inflation lately. I talk a lot, a lot to people about inflation and... I spoke at a conference a few weeks ago and I found this this little nugget of information that I thought was fairly interesting is that from 1980 to the current, you know, 2021, they have analyzed, you know, what rents have done on average since 1980 and they have gone up 8.86%. So um, that I think shows that this is, you know, to invest in something tangible like this, as we're thinking that inflation may increase in the future, <laughs> that that is an excellent hedge against inflation. So rents have gone up eight over eight percent a year since 1980. That's on average, or whatever. Yep. Wow. Eight point eight six percent. Yes. Eight point eight six. Amazing. I don't know that I would have guessed yeah. that. I didn't. I was actually surprised, and I've been in this industry for a while. <laughs> yeah, got it. Well, Stephanie, the people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I think the the difference-making tip for me is, uh, is to be open to to new ways of looking at things, and also to you know examine, you know maybe do some reading. Uh, my one of my favorite books is um, how how to kill sacred cows, or and that is a it sounds like an awful title, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just about you know these these thoughts and these um, you know things that we learn that are ingrained in us on what we should do with money, and then kind of opposing that with what actually wealthy people do with their money. And um, I know when you hear ideas like syndication and stuff like that, it is different, um, but it, it has been around for, you know, ever, really. It's become more in the mainstream in the, in the past probably 20 to 30 years, I think largely because of the Internet. Um, but prior to that, it, it's always been used by the wealthy, the big banks and insurance companies. Um, so I guess my 
my tip would just be to, you know, do research and, and look into this and see if it might be a good strategy for you. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Come on. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can they engage with you? Oh, sure. You can go to my website, which is uh, www.erbewealth.com. And that's, you can download for free the five reasons that passive investing might be for you. Um, on that same website, I have a pod, little podcast video series about the most commonly question, common questions I get from my investors, which I think a lot of people find pretty helpful as well. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Stephanie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to erbewealth.com. Check out the resources that Stephanie mentioned, the five uh, different reasons that people are interested in this and that podcast series where she goes in and answers a lot of these questions as well. Thanks again, Stephanie. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.